Good morning. He's made my feet like the feet of a deer. Someone sent me that clip uh, this week. I thought I'd share it with you. Those mountain goats literally scaling the side of a dam. Um, uh, I'm not sure where in the world that, that dam is, but there's lime deposits that the mountain goats want to lick uh, for their nutrients, and they literally scale the side. Um, you saw how fast that was. Last week, we looked at climb your mountain. I wanna look this week at what do you do with a mountain? You level it, and we're gonna look at that in just a moment. I uh, just wanna bring a couple things to your attention um, on this great Palm Sunday. Uh, so exciting as we come into this, the last stretch of our Easter time, and next week celebrating Good Friday and, uh, and Easter Sunday. We will definitely have uh, a parking issue um, next week because of the snow that's still in our parking lot. So we're just asking that if you, uh, sound guys, I'm just gonna move this up to my chin slowly. There we go. If you call this your, uh, your home church, we would just ask that you would do us a favor by parking farther away so that those that will be visiting, that we will have many people coming to visit, which is the goal of our Easter Sunday. It's one of our largest gathering, uh, Christmas and Easter gathering services. Many people have found Jesus and come to harvest as a result of an Easter service, and uh, we can all uh, help by, um, there's parking at uh, Community Living, as well as on the streets further away, <laughs> further away, say farther away so someone can find a spot. We'd appreciate that. Uh, we also adjust the seating uh, in the room. We'll add another 100 chairs. So if you're looking today going, where are we going to put everybody? They'll fit. Say they'll fit. They'll fit. They'll fit. And uh, we're going to have an amazing time uh, next Easter, or next Easter, this uh, next weekend on Easter. <laughs> next Easter will be really good too. Because I think we should do it in Altsville Theater and have... Wouldn't it be great to pack out the theater? We had that scheduled, and then COVID had different ideas, but COVID doesn't get the last say. Hey, I just want to also bring to your attention that we're making a slight adjustment to our calendar. Many of you have asked about our kids' camp, which is a highlight of our calendar year, and uh, somewhere, I mean, Really conservatively, 60 or 70 people get involved with volunteering and helping us with our kids camp, and we just so love and appreciate that. This year, we've chosen not to do a kids camp as we are getting ready to come into our fall season. We have some announcements about some changes and some things we're super excited about. Um, and what we want to do is uh, we really want to use these uh, leading months, um, and I, I know we're, we haven't even had summer yet, and we're talking about fall. But instead of putting a lot of energy, which it is a lot of energy, into our kids' camp, we want to equip all of our kids' church workers, those that are with us now, and some of you that have, haven't heard Jesus tell you yet that he'd love you to uh, deposit time and energy uh, into a child's life. Brittany spoke to us a couple of weeks ago. It was just phenomenal. Um, as she talked about you know, just investing in that next generation. And so we'd like to take all of the energy that we would normally invest into our kids' camp 
and strengthen our kids' ministry. We believe God's talking to us about going to another level so we can serve the kids in this region. So if you were wondering about that, that's what we're doing. Can you get involved? Yes, you can. So be listening to the other ways that you can get involved in our kids' ministry if you loved getting involved in our kids' camp. I wanna give a big shout-out to those of you that come to Harvest, and you're online this morning, and uh, I want to give a shout out to my sister this morning. We were texting this week, and she um, she, she uh, made, made a reference to one of my points in my sermon, and I said, wait, 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 hang on. How did you know that? She goes, oh, I've been coming to Harvest for several months now, and, uh, and I said, well, it would have been nice if you had told Pastor, your brother, that you were coming to Harvest Christian Fellowship. Shout out to my sister, Deb, and her family that are watching from Watford, Ontario, uh, and we love that people are attending Harvest online. What do you do with a mountain? You level it. <laughs> Last week, we talked about what you do with your mountain. We said that you climb it. You climb the mountain. And as Christina was just saying, we face it. That was our step one. Um, and that we begin to climb. And climbing a mountain does develop character, patience, endurance in us the way nothing else will. In fact, I believe there's a transformation process that happens in our lives when we choose to climb our mountains, those difficult things, those things that stand in the way of our destiny, stand in the way of the promises of God. And we just... it. it We've heard about the promises of God. We've heard about uh, experiences with the Holy Spirit, and yet they seem sometimes elusive. And often there's a mountain that stands in the way. We looked at the mountain that stood in the way of the journey to the promised land, and the Lord said, it's been long enough. You need to climb. You need to face your mountain. And he transforms us. He makes our feet uh, capable of doing this. On our own, no, we can't climb the mountain, but he gives us the grace to climb it. And I suggested to you as uh, David was hiding out from his enemy, Saul couldn't find him. And I said it this way, the devil can't recognize you. You see, the devil's gonna try to remind you who you were. He knows who you were before you met Jesus, but he doesn't know who you are in Christ. And we get to remind the enemy who we are in Christ. And something changes in our life that we become a new person on the mountain and the enemy cannot take us back to who we were, we're climbing to new heights. Somebody said? Amen. Somebody said? Amen. I just want to make sure you're with me this morning. On Palm Sunday, they shouted out. We're going to shout out on Palm Sunday. Um, today, I want to talk about another approach to mountains that's equally as important. Equally as important. Equally as important. If I could say that 25 more times, I would do that. Equally as important. Today, I want to talk to you about leveling the mountain. See, we believe here at Harvest, a God of miracles, a God that moves mountains, a God, as we sang about, I, I know that I have a victory. I know how the story ends. Good Friday, I'll be sharing from Jesus's perspective to us, I know how the story ends because his followers didn't know what was happening. Easter Sunday morning, I'm going to uh, uh, preach a message, and it'll have a very clear and uh, simple gospel presentation for those who don't know Jesus, and hear how Jesus speaks to our destiny, and as a, a believer, I have a destiny. I know how the story ends, and because I know how his story ends, I know how my story ends, and we'll be declaring that on Easter Sunday morning. But we believe a God, uh, a God of miracles. 
Say miracles. We believe that here at Harvest. We've declared that for the 20 years. Wednesday was our official uh, 20 years here in Cornwall as a church. And uh, God has been, go ahead and just give God thanks. Happy birthday to Harvest. But we serve a God that can remove the obstacles in our lives. Remove a long-standing situation. A generational thing that might be in your life, that you might be facing. Mountains represent uh, immovable, long-standing, impossible, but God wants to make it possible. It happens when we climb, but equally as important, and I want to suggest this morning, probably as frequent, we should not just be climbing mountains, we should be leveling them. It's both. It's not either or, it's both and. That God wants to use you to discover the miracle working power that's ours in the Holy Spirit. I want to raise your expectation this morning to move mountains. This morning, do you have a mountain? Let's level it. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, you will speak, you will stir, you will give the gift of faith all across this room. I thank you that we've been given, uh, each and every one of us, a portion of faith. We're to grow our faith, and so let faith grow. But Lord, for miracles, you give a gift of faith. Something that comes into our spirit, we can't explain it, we can't reason it, we just know that we know that we know that we know that there is a God of miracles and we begin to speak to mountains with boldness and they move and they fall in the sea. We pray for a new level of miracles in our church this year, in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So as the disciples are in the upper room, as the church is being birthed in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit when he comes on you. And today as uh, we receive the cross and we receive the gift of Pentecost, the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, we call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, we're immersed, we identify with the Holy Spirit power. When you were water baptized, you identified with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. You said, I identify with that power of, of, of though it's water and symbolic, yet it's more than that. He died for me. He buried my sin. I, I'm, I'm raised in newness of life. Then Jesus told them to identify with the Holy Spirit and be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, when that happens, you will receive power. And this is a word that we've often used if you've been around Harvest, but it might be new to you that the, the New Testament was written in a, in a language that is Greek, was translated into English, and so uh, we don't read the Bible in its original language. It's translated. And the Greek word here for power is dunamis. We get our word dynamite from that. And so dunamis power, the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus said is ours in the Holy Spirit, is explosive. <laughs> It causes miracles in the supernatural to happen. That there's nothing that can stand in the way of the dunamis power of God that we can receive. Say receive. Because we celebrate our life in the Holy Spirit. We believe in a God of the miraculous. It, he, he wasn't just miraculous. He is miraculous and miraculous in our lives today. And so when Jesus came and walked on the earth, God incarnate, and showed us what it was like to be a human being under the power of the Holy Spirit, 
that though he was divine, though he was God in the flesh, uh, the scriptures teach us that Jesus never, never used his divinity independently. He purposely submitted his life as a human, took the form of a, 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 a human, a man, and he was reliant on the Holy Spirit so that when he was water baptized, uh, the voice, a voice from heaven, God the Father spoke, um, the Holy Spirit came and descended on him, and then we have the whole trinity at that moment in agreement, and Jesus was saying, I'm fully surrendered to the power of heaven. I won't do this on my own. I want to show mankind that life in the Spirit is a powerful life. And, 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 and so Jesus walked that out and demonstrated it to us. And then he said after the cross event, uh, while we're looking here um, at this verse in Acts, and being uh, just, I want to just set the, 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 the stage this morning as we believe for a God of miracles that we have access to miraculous, uh, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus today because the Holy Spirit's power resides in us. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive what? You'll receive what? Dynamite, dunamis, power. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so he wants us to know how to live a life that in our prayer lives, in our life with the Holy Spirit, that we're seeing mountains move. Let's pick up this story as Jesus is teaching his disciples about how they will walk out, how they too can do what Jesus did, how you and I can do what Jesus did. Jesus is walking into Jerusalem and He's hungry, he sees a fig tree, and he approaches the tree expecting to find fruit on it, uh, but there was none. And, and so he actually speaks to and curses the tree, um, and something happens to that tree. So let's just pick up the story, Mark chapter 11, verse 14. And then he said to the tree, and that's important as Mark um, is going to really highlight that Jesus is speaking um, and his disciples are hearing, speaking and hearing. Uh, just look at these two ideas as I read now the verse. He said to the tree, he's talking to the tree, may no, one, uh, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. So Mark is careful to record that they heard Jesus speak. They heard the word of God. They heard the word of God. They heard the spoken Word of God. God spoke. Jesus, remember, um, is God in the flesh, and everything he does is in agreement with his Father. Jesus is doing something. He speaks to the tree. They heard him say it. And the very next morning, the disciples see the same tree, and it's dead. <laughs> it's not dying. It's not withering. It's dead. Dead, dead. A few years ago, I was fall fertilizing some new cedar trees that I had planted in my backyard and, and uh, just side-dressed them, and, um, and, and I learned a valuable lesson because I always thought more is better, and uh, I put a lot of nitrogen down around the trees, and uh, what I didn't know, um, and since have learned, that in the fall, uh, trees, uh, our trees in this climate uh, are actively gathering water, and that's why it's, we have a kind of a rainy season in our fall, so that our trees are, are sucking up as much water as they can store 
uh, because they're going into a drought, really a desert time. We have a cold desert climate. We don't have a hot desert climate. It's a cold desert climate because there's no access to water. The ground freezes. The roots freeze. And so uh, my cedar trees uh, are trying to draw up water, but the nitrogen is telling them um, chemically they don't need it. And so they didn't draw up any water. And so spring comes, and they would now go into another act of trying to suck water in. They're not doing it because there's still lots of nitrogen around uh, the soil uh, in, that, in, in the soil from, you know, now the snow's melting, the nitrogen's there. And my trees aren't taking in any water. Um, and so I noticed that there was no new growth that year. Then I noticed about midsummer, they started getting this brownish hue. And then um, by, by fall, they were dead, dead. I mean, bird's nest dead. And I dug them up and just I, I just couldn't figure out what was going on and did some research and found out that I had cursed my trees and they had died. Now, that's a natural process of a tree dying and that it would take uh, that long for something to take place. Over that next four to five months of growing season before my trees that really were dead when I killed them, but there was a natural process for it to happen. Natural, physical process. The disciples heard Jesus speaking to the tree. They heard it. The next morning, it's dead, dead from the roots up. They're not looking at the tree in faith going, Jesus spoke to the tree, and now we're waiting for the manifestation of the word of God to come forth in this tree's life. In faith, I believe that it's going to happen. They didn't do that. Before their eyes, there was an instantaneous reversal of natural process. Instantaneous intervention. This is not slow and steady. And I love slow and steady miracles. I love slow and steady when God gets involved. And uh, it's wonderful when we're believing God for healing and we're climbing the mountain of health and God heals and all healing comes from God. It sure doesn't come from the devil and it sure doesn't come from humanity. All healing comes from God and God uses different ways to do that. We understand that. And nothing wrong with a process of healing. But I don't know that we're, we're seeing enough instantaneous mountain-moving healings. I don't know that we're seeing enough instantaneous situations changed. Addictions dropping off because someone prays into a mountain of addiction and it goes. I could keep going here. I'm looking for you to kind of get aboard here. Does anybody else want to get a part of seeing just a few more instantaneous miracles? Come on, raise your voice right now. I say, Lord, we're looking for some miracles. We're believing for some miracles. We're thankful for the process where God's involved. But we're believing for miracles. Dunamis, power, release. Well, the disciples are blown away by this. And let me just add that, that I'm using this as an illustration. The cursing of the fig tree, for those um, who know the word this morning, I'm 
I'm fully aware that it's it's symbolic of natural, national Israel, that Jesus was looking for them to receive him as Messiah. Um, That was not God's plan. God's plan, that was his, his church would be born. But his, this, this cursing of the fig tree was symbolic of Israel, national Israel was now going to receive Christ the way the whole world was going to receive. And God's plan was uh, his eternal plan for his church. And so um, I'm aware of that. But I'm using this illustration. There was a physical tree that dies instantaneously. Um, we don't want those kinds of miracles, but I want you to see into the physical realm how it happened instantaneously. Say instantaneously. Three of you have this. Say it again. Thank you for being with me and just traveling with me as we go along here. So his disciples are kind of blown away. And they're like, how does this happen? And Jesus says this, Mark eleven twenty two: have faith in God. Have faith in God. I would like to spend more time, but I'm just going to touch this point. Have faith in God. Not, you're not having faith in your faith, which somebody would say you just got to believe stronger. You, you just got to you know, have faith that your faith is enough. How much faith is enough? Well, I don't know. The Bible says mustard seed faith, which was really teeny and tiny. And so, so we want to we have faith in God. Faith in God. Not faith for a miracle. And I know some of you are looking at me right now like, well, hang on, what, 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 what? <laughs> and that's why I wish I could spend a little bit more time, but just look at the word. Have faith in God. Not faith in your faith, not faith for something. That's hope. When we have faith for something to happen, we call that hope. This is faith, trust, expectation in who? In, in faith in God. I want to say it this way. Have faith in what God has said. That's the context of what Jesus is teaching them. They heard, Mark goes out of his way to say they heard Jesus speak. Jesus speaking as God because a miracle takes place, reverses natural order process. They're looking at it going, oh, he's saying you can do it too. Have faith in what God says. Have faith in what God has says. Truly, I tell you, If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen, it'll be done for them. So we're going to speak what God speaks. Jesus was speaking what God was speaking about this this situation. Now we want to be speaking to our mountains what Jesus, what the Word of God is saying to about our mountains, about our situation, about seeing a miracle take place. So we have that aspect that it says, but don't doubt in your heart. It's important that we see that. So faith in God, what God is saying, have faith in what God says. And don't doubt in your heart. It doesn't say don't doubt in your mind. It doesn't say, well, you know, if you have a couple of questions that come in your mind, like I'm really believing for a miracle in in this whatever area of your life. I'm believing for this miracle. I'm believing for this to change. I'm believing what's standing in the way of of getting to the destiny that God has promised me. I'm believing that's going to shift and move. And then you have a thought, what, 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 what if it doesn't happen? And that's a mind, that's a mind doubt. That's, that's not, that's, when we're, 
we're talking about don't doubt in your, where? In your, okay, now watch this differentiation because this is important. David teaches us, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And it's moving God's word from, our head, from head knowledge down to where we experience it. And if you've experienced God move on your behalf, how many in the room today would say, I've experienced a miracle? I've experienced a miracle. Look at the hands all across this room. And as we've experienced those miracles, the scriptures that we hold on to or that someone might encourage you with today, or if you're online, and, uh, or a scripture that you've had a past miracle, but you're waiting for a miracle today, and God's word that brought you through that, that God proved himself, that's a, a word that's not just in your head, that's a word that's in your heart. That's a place where, where you've hidden it and you know it to be true and it's in your heart. No one can take it away. No one can talk you out of it. No one could tell you that God's word isn't true. No one could tell you that that's, that's just, that's mind over matter. What are you doing? No, it's in my heart. God's proven himself to me. I know that I know that I know that God spoke this word to me. It's in your heart. It's in the place where you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The Bible says what's not of faith is sin. And what it's teaching us is that uh, but when we trust ourselves or we trust something other than God, we get in trouble. <laughs> we just do. When we trust God, we're doing good. We're walking according to his ways. We're walking in his blessings. We're walking uh, in, in, in all that he has for us. And so we, we want to put his, 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 his word uh, in our hearts. We want to put it there, and we're growing our faith that way. So how do you get it in your heart? You read it. You study it. Yes, it's in your mind. You understand it. But then you begin to meditate, and you let, that, you let it get down into your heart. In other words, it becomes part of who you are. Now, while it's in my heart, Jesus said, if you don't doubt in your heart, you're going to see God's word come to pass as you speak God's word to the mountain. So it's really, think of it in this terms. Don't doubt in your heart. Think of it in this term. If you were sitting on a jury and you had to make a decision about what's true and not true about the case, you would hear the evidence presented. When the evidence is presented, the judge would tell you, make a decision beyond a reasonable doubt. So it's based on the evidence. The jury doesn't make a decision based on what they think, kind of what they're feeling, but they really stack up and consider the evidence. And then in considering the evidence, there's an overwhelming uh, sense of where the evidence, what the evidence is saying. And if the evidence isn't saying guilty, then you can't say guilty. Um, so beyond a reasonable. Jesus said, now in this area of my heart, not in my head, though, I mean, I'm not, it's kind of hard to separate it, but I'm trying to make a point that it's more than just knowledge. It's more than just, I read a scripture. It's got to be real to you experiential to you, you're believing it at this level for it to be faith and for it to move mountains. Hebrews 1 tells us, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me throw, pull some of these ideas together for you. So as we have faith 
in God, as we have faith in what God says, where it's in our heart, now what we're doing is considering the evidence of our life, of our situation, of our mountain. Faith is the substance it, uh, of what we hope for, what we're having faith for, but that, we don't stop in faith for, we live in faith in, faith in God. Faith in God is the substance of the things hoped for, the, what? The evidence. All right. So there, we find the evidence of uh, whether or not I'm getting past this mountain, whether or not God's going to heal me, whether or not God's going to take that impossible situation in my family that I think that the end, you know, the end of the world has come because my kids are doing this or my kids are doing that or this is happening or that is happening. I've got a mountain that seems to be stopping what God promised and now I've got to look at the evidence and I look at what's happening in the natural and I go, that's immovable. That's not going to change. That is awful. That is serious. It's whatever. But now in my heart, I'm going to look at the evidence of what God has said. I'm going to look at the evidence of what other believers have told me God has said. I'm going to begin to get this into my heart and believe a God who says to me, if you can get the evidence of what I say in my heart, you will be able to, beyond a doubt, speak to your mountain. And the mountain moves. And there's a process. So there's a process here of just knowing how, and that's why Jesus is teaching, how to level a mountain. I tell you the truth. Let me just, so faith is the substance, substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. I can't see what's on the other side of my mountain in the natural, but I look at the evidence of what God has said. Truly, I, I tell you, if anyone says to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So we kind of understand now the principles. Now I want, how does this practically uh, live out as I'm believing for my mountain to be leveled? And we're, our prayer team is going to be coming up in a few moments. We want to stand and believe for instantaneous miracles today um, and uh, and we just want to pray for you and believe for you, and, and uh, we'll do it uh, in a moment. We'll kind of all do it together, um, pray against whatever mountain you might have, and then our team will be here to carry that through if anyone wants to do that this morning, and I sure hope you will. I want to look at a story from Numbers chapter 13. And in Numbers chapter 13, um, God gives direction to Moses to have 12 men go into the promised land. These are people that had lived in Egypt, was symbolic of my life and sin and separated from God and slavery. Uh, they lived in Egypt where there wasn't enough. They never had enough food. They never had enough of anything. They lived in the land of not enough. And then they went into the wilderness and God provided manna. He met their needs and he, they had all their needs met. They had just enough. Say just enough. But there was a land that God wanted them to live in called the promised land which was a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of cities that they did not build, but would be theirs, uh, crops that they did not plant, but it would be theirs. And so it's a land of provision, a land of life, and it speaks of our life in the Holy Spirit, of, of receiving our sins forgiven. We're delivered from Egypt, uh, but, but we're moved, we're, the, 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 um, my journey with the Lord is to get into the promised land, to take hold of life in the Spirit. Say promised land. The promised land. Say it again. 
promised land. And so he says to Moses, I want you to send 12 guys into the promised land, this land that I'm giving you. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. I'm giving this to you. It's going to be yours. I'm giving this to you. It's going to be yours. I'm suggesting that what we need to see miracles happen has been given to us, but we need to know how to use what has been given to us. And God was giving to these, to this nation, in the same way he gives to us. And he said, but I want you to go get a look at it. I want you to spy out the land. Then they came to the valley of Eshcol, Eshcol, however you say that, and they cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. You know the clusters of grapes you buy? One cluster, one cluster of grapes. And they, they cut one, they cut it. They didn't break it, they, it required cutting. And this cluster of grapes was so big that it was placed on a pole and carried between two men. So as you have that image in your head right now, grow your cluster because it's not the little cluster with two guys looking foolish. Woohoo! Bring it home, you know. Look at look at look what I look what I, look what I bring it home. It's two guys struggling to carry the cluster of grapes. How big? How big is your God this morning? Come on, in your mind right now, grow your grapes. Come on, grow them. Grow them right now. The provision of God how much God wants to give you, how much he wants to bless you, how much he wants you to experience life in the Holy Spirit this morning. How big are your grapes? Grapes speak of the wine and the new wine of the Spirit. How, come on, how big are your grapes this morning? They're carrying them between two men. They also brought some pomegranates and figs. They returned from spying out the land after 40 days. They brought back word to the people. They showed them. They brought their evidence with them. They brought their evidence with them. They brought the evidence with them of what's on the other side of the mountain. Then they told them, excuse me, uh, uh, to the congregation, and they showed them the fruit of the land. And they said, we went up to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and here's the fruit, here's the evidence. Everything that God promised is true. Everything God said about it is yes and amen to the glory of God. It's amazing. It's awesome. You can't even fathom it. It's a land. It's a, I'm telling you, if we're going to live there, that is unbelievable. I can't wait. Guys, you got to see what I see. Oh, my God. Guys, it was amazing. How quick can we pack up and get there? we got to live in the land of promise. Two of the spies, two, two. Two of them said, let's do that. Ten, ten said something different. Nevertheless, nevertheless, it's all true. God's word's true. I read it. I've read it since, you know, I've been coming to Harvest Christian Fellowship. I get stirred up when Pastor Roy talks about this. Nevertheless, you don't know how, you don't know how bad my situation is. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. Yeah, I've been serving God a long time, and I had a miracle back in 1960-something, and man, we celebrated, and oh, there was that 
move of God that happened in Cornwall. I, I heard about it was a revival. They they were meeting and, and and this evangelist came to town. I hear that if I hear that story about that guy one more time, I'm going to scream. It's time for a new evangelist and a new miracle power. That was like 1982. I forget. I, I, I it was a wonderful man of God that came. And I sorry. I, I he slipped my mind what his what his name is. But it's been a long time since we've seen miracles. Can I, can I just, sorry, squirrel, squirrel moment. You know, you know that Father Matt was here, right, preaching? <laughs> squirrel moment. You let me have a squirrel moment, right? So we had lunch last week. <laughs> he said, uh, after Easter, he said, do you think you could come on a Wednesday night and and uh, preach, preach, preach to our people. Think you could do that? Hang, hang on, no, no, it gets better, it gets better, it gets better, it gets better. He said, uh, he said, you know, we've got some young musicians that have come to the church, and we're gonna have some worship. We're gonna, we're gonna have some worship. And then I want Roy to do whatever Roy does. What does Roy do? Like, what would? And I go, well, you know, the one thing that's really cool about um, ca- Catholics and, and and Harvest people is that we all believe in the wonder-working power of the Holy Spirit. I said, I'd like to teach on healing and we could have a healing service and let's just, he goes, I'll invite four parishes to come. How about that? And he said, he said, normally we would do like a healing, a heal, we do that like once a year, we'll do a healing service. He said, but with COVID, we haven't had one for a while. And I go, I know, it's like, it's like COVID said, God doesn't heal anymore, right? But we don't believe that. So we're working on that. We don't have it and I'll, you know, and I'll invite, we can't invite all of you to come because there wouldn't be enough room we want people to come, but you'll be praying, and because I believe in a God of miracles, and when God expresses his love as he steps into peoples and, 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 and moves their mountains, one of the strongest, one of the strongest ways that the gospel is preached and people get saved is not just a declaration, but the demonstration of the power of God. Jesus showed us how to do evangelism, heal the sick, heal the sick. And so as a church, we've got to start by believing that God does miracles today. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Nevertheless, they don't happen very often. Nevertheless, we've prayed for a lot of sick people and they didn't get, they didn't get healed, Pastor Roy. What are we doing about all the ones that didn't get healed? Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Whew, more than that, we saw, we saw giants. We saw giants. It's great when we're here, but man, I go to work and that guy that, you know, I said I'd pray for him, but his wife is, his wife's dying of cancer, stage four, and man, that's a giant, and I don't know, I don't know. Does God, like, can he really do that? Nevertheless, giants, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites. You don't know, you don't know, Pastor. You don't know the enemies that I face. Like, like they're the enemies that came out of, you know, followed, a, and I mean, I mean, I know I'm born again, and I know God lives, but I'm still struggling, and I got a lot of enemies, and I don't feel very strong, and I don't think I can talk to mountains. I'm just trying to breathe air. I know we all are. Forget about 
what's living and dwelling in the land. We're on the move. They got it wrong. They were looking at the wrong stuff. Yeah, I'm failing. You're failing. I'm not Jesus, but Jesus lives in me. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, he showed me how to walk as a broken human. Uh, he was whole and he was, but he showed us how to do this. It doesn't matter what enemies you're facing. It doesn't matter what's happening in the land. Somebody get a hold of the evidence and look at the fruit of living a spirit-filled life and say, we're going for it. We're believing for mountains to be leveled. <laughs> Nevertheless, God said that, but man, there's a whole lot of this. Don't doubt in your heart. Let your heart begin to grow. We're not able to go up and take the people for they're stronger than we are. Liar, liar, liar. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied. Let's be a church that declares a good report of the land. Let's be a church. And we have to be very careful because Jesus said how to do this. And so you can't speak out of your head a scripture, you haven't got it into your heart, you really don't believe the report, and while you say this in prayer over here, you're complaining and grumbling and mumbling about how bad everything is around the mountain. And so we have to watch and listen to ourselves. Now some people got crazy about this. You know, someone said, oh, man, what a bad day. Oh, what are you confessing right now? This is not a bad day. Yeah, dude, this is a bad day. <laughs> but I'll adjust. And I'll, 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 I'll get this figured out. And God, but I, so we're not getting crazy about this. But we got to get a lot better about this. Because it's really about, in the moment, what do you truly believe about the evidence of life, the substance of things, so forth, what God has said. I want to end with this, two scriptures, and then we're going to pray. God's speaking to you. God's speaking to me this morning. God said, I will go before you and level the mountains. <laughs> Full stop right there. I will go before you and level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bar, bars of iron. I don't care what's shackling you today. I don't care what's holding you back today. The voice of the Lord is saying, I'm going before you and I'm leveling the mountains. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed in Cornwall. The glory of the Lord will be revealed in this region. And all the people will see it. All the people will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. Let's sing this to the Lord right now. I'm gonna Come on, see identify your victory in your mind and sing this over your battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, 
close to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle he loves, I will level the mountain. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. your mountain pictured in your mind right now whatever it might be you might have a mountain range this morning and God wants to level them and go before you father I pray right now for those that have had diagnosis for those Lord looking at a family situation right now and it's camped out by the mountain, Lord, when you're saying today, I want to level it. I want to make a change, an instantaneous change. Not just a long standing, I'm going to live with this, but an instantaneous change to what's currently in process. Father, in Jesus' name right now, I speak to mountains of cancer. I speak, Lord, right now to mountains, Father, of, of whatever, whatever is being held before you right now. And we ask, Lord, for a gift of faith to be dropped into this house right now. Lord, that we won't just cheer about it. Lord, we won't, we won't just get excited about it, but into our heart, we'll be those that bring the fruit and we'll display it and say, there is a good report. This is a day, yes, the world is not as God created it to be. And sin is still in our world. There are still giants. There are still all of these difficulties. But we're not going to focus there. We're going to focus on the power of God that we receive. And when they received the Holy Spirit, they received dunamis power. Lord, we're going to use what you've given us. Lord, we're going to, yes, climb mountains. There is, that's definitely a part of what you've called us to do. But equally important this morning. A church that levels them. A church that believes in leveling the mountain. Father, we just thank you for that right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and we do this every week, you might be here today, and if you're here for the first time or maybe online, this might be a little bit different than maybe you expected. And, but right now in this moment, I would ask you to consider the God of the universe that loves you so very much. He's not angry at you. He brought you to this moment to make a decision. You see, each and every person is born separated from God, going in our own direction. God has never turned his back on you. He's never turned his back on me, but we turned our back on God. That's called sin. And we repent of our sin. We turn from it and go, I want to turn to God. And here's the good news. When you, when you make a to make a decision like today. I, I, want, I want to turn to God. He's not a long ways off. As soon as you turn around, he's right there. <laughs> he's right there. He's been pursuing you all the days of your life. If you're here today and you'd like to ask Jesus into your life to forgive your sin and to begin a life filled with his promises and blessings, I'd like to invite you to pray a prayer of invitation and invite him into your life. You have to do that. You have to receive his provision. If that's you today, if you're online, just text in right now. I'm making a decision for Jesus today. If you're in the room, you can do that by simply raising your hand so that I see it, 
I'll acknowledge it, and then we're going to pray for you today. Is there anyone today that would just, if you, if just if we could glance around, if you could help me, our uh, green shirt people, if there is somebody, because sometimes with the lighting I can't see. Just take a moment. Is there anyone today? Just wave your hand at me. All right, I don't see a hand, but for those that are online today, Harvest, I would like us to pray together. We always do this together. Pray a prayer of invitation. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me so much. Today, I turn from my sin, and I turn to you. (laughs) Thank you, you're right there. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive new life in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe that if you prayed that prayer, if you're online with us, or if you're in the room and prayed that prayer for the first time, you're born again. Please see someone in a green shirt. They, want, they have a gift for you. It's a, it's a Bible and just some simple instructions of how to carry out your life in Jesus. Um, I'd love for the ministry team to come. If you would like a prayer today for your mountain as we were praying together, or you just felt something of faith rise in your heart, why not join your faith with somebody else's faith right now and just discover that miracle? Otherwise, you're dismissed to go. Go in the power of God, and we'll see you next Easter weekend.